This is the Your Kick-Ass Life Podcast, episode 49, with guest Tiffany Hahn. Any links and resources you hear in this podcast can be found by going to yourkickasslife.com forward slash four nine. This is the Your Kick-Ass Life Podcast with Andrea Owen, a no BS guide to self-help and badassery. Because ladies, let's face it, life's too short for it to not kick ass. And here's your host, the girl who serves it up straight with a side of crazy, Andrea Owen. Hey there, ass kickers. So excited to have you today again for another episode of the Your Kick-Ass Life podcast. Today, I have my friend and colleague, Tiffany Hahn. Tiffany Hahn is a business coach who helps highly creative women take bold, inspired action in their businesses and their lives. She's been called a professional Yoda and helps her clients ranging from bloggers, illustrators, and graphic designers to cubicle jailbirds who are tired of putting their creative dreams on hold to raise their hands and say yes to those big things they've always wanted to start, to those crazy ideas that feel crazy, and to themselves. So without any further ado, here is Tiffany. Hey everybody, Andrea Owen here. We are on episode 49 and I am joined by my friend and colleague, the happy-go-lucky, the wonderful Tiffany Hahn. (laughs) And um, should we tell, should we just jump in and tell everyone the term that that we're determined to make a thing. Yeah, <laughs> that's just going to set the stage for the whole conversation, I think. Yeah, it's sort of like when in Mean Girls, when um, Gretchen wanted to make fetch a thing and Regina George was like, stop trying to make fetch a thing. <laughs> and so Tiffany loves the term nutso in the butso, which I find so freaking hilarious. Well, it's actually, so it's actually, I am trying to make it a thing on behalf of Michelle Ward. Michelle Ward, who's been on my podcast before. Yes. So Michelle wanted to make it a thing and I love a challenge. And so when somebody is like, I want to make this a thing, but I don't know. And I'm like, I will make it a thing. You know, I just like (laughs) take it on for myself. And I'm like, this is officially going to be a thing. And my husband, who doesn't say anything crazy because he's like, kind of, he's not buttoned up. He's kind of a goober too. But he's way more buttoned up than I am. Like, he started saying it, and I was like, this is a thing. That's amazing. <laughs> I'm going to get my husband to start saying it, too, because he's kind of buttoned up, too, and I love it. So we'll, we'll make it a hashtag. And mm-hmm. just so I'm clear, <laughs> it's N-U-T-S-O in the B-U-T-T-S-O, correct? Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there. Podcast over. <laughs> And peace out. And I want to challenge anyone who wants to talk to us on Twitter after this podcast. We will only respond to tweets that include the hashtag. Not so in the butt so. so. (laughs) Okay. All right. So speaking of not so in the butt so, Uh um, you had such a brilliant idea. And let me just kind of kind of introduce everyone to 100 rejection letters. So this is in my in my words. You, you've created a, a program around this idea of getting rejected 100 times. And, you know, before anyone freaks out by hearing that, there's got to be hundreds of yeses in those 100 rejection letters. So yeah. first of all, tell us, like, where did you come up with the idea? What happened? Where, how was it born? Yeah, I came up with the idea, like, back in, I think, 2012, Um I was actually doing a group, like a book club group for The Artist Way by Julia Cameron, which is an amazing book for anyone who's 
creatively minded. Um, and we were doing, we did these like weekly calls and we were doing a call and I, I don't know, the idea just came to me. Like we were all kind of talking about like, what if projection like wasn't a thing? What if, you know, it's talking about kind of like stepping aside, stepping away from fear and like, what if it just wasn't a thing? And I said, I'm going to get 100 rejection letters because again, I like a bold challenge <laughs> um, and I get bored easily. So I have to like set my hair on fire to keep myself entertained. Um, and so I started kind of just seeking out rejection. And for me, it was about just like raising my hand for opportunities and not overthinking them. Um, and then in 2012, I got, I started getting some yeses and I got really busy. Uh-huh. So the project sort of just went away. Like after I only had like three rejections. Um, and then fast forward to last summer, I was, I had twins last February and I was getting ready to come back from maternity leave. And I was like thinking about my business and was just feeling like it's time to step up my game. Um, you know, I don't know if you've talked about this on other episodes, but I bet you feel it being a mom, like your priorities shift and you just can't dick around anymore. Yeah, not really. I mean, I found motherhood like super easy and I have lots of free time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, oh, that just took me a minute. <laughs> Girl, that's not so in the butt so. <laughs> that is so not so in the butt so. Ding, yeah. ding, ding. Okay. Um, so I was just like, you know, my business was at a place where everything was fine, but it wasn't great. And I was kind of like, I need to step up my game or else I just need to go get a job mm-hmm. because <laughs> the hustle like isn't going to work for, you know, I can't spend six days a week on the computer trying things that don't like, it was just sort of a time of like, I got to step it up. And so I decided to go back to this 100 rejection letters. And then I decided to make it a program partially because I wanted to make some money. Like I was like, why not do it a pro do a program while I'm doing it. Mm -hmm. And also because I didn't want to sit on the idea for a year. You know, I think that that's another thing we're really good at overthinking. And sometimes we like to kind of hoard our ideas. Um, because like, oh, it's not perfect or the time isn't right or whatever. And I have found that when I do that, somebody else does it first. And so now when I have a good idea, I just like run with it because I'm like, I don't want someone else to come up with it. So I have to just put it out in the world. Uh Um, And that usually makes me feel super manic. Um, But it gets my ideas out in the world. So that's, that's 100 rejection letters in a nutshell is sort of this, it's it's not necessarily just about pitching. It's more, I like to call it, like, a way of showing up in the world. Yeah, and that was sort of my next question is, what kind of rejection are people avoiding in their lives that sign up for the program? Because this is, I mean, I'm assuming that it's not just for people who, like, have a, or, or who are writers or have creative businesses. Right. Yeah, it's, it's totally not. I mean, it could be anything from, like, asking your boss to do a different assignment, mm-hmm. you know, or emailing a new friend and saying like, do you want to have coffee? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there, you do a lot of work around vulnerability and it's vulnerable. Like all of these asking, you put yourself out there and, and, you know, dating, letting someone know that you're interested in them when they may not reciprocate. Um, all of that. So like I gear it 
towards creative businesses. I have a secret blog that I write where I sort of go behind the scenes of my own business, my own decision making that people can follow along. So for me, it's very much geared towards creative business. But for a lot of people, I mean, I had one person who's in it got like a six month assignment in Uganda um, as part of her PhD. And she was like, I never Mm -hmm. would have even tried for this if it wasn't for this program Mm -hmm. um and that's that's the thing too is that I want people to walk away knowing that like there's so much opportunity in this world that we just shut ourselves out from and by celebrating rejection so everyone in the program has like a tracker which is a piece of paper and then for every no you get you get a gold star Mm -hmm. and so it made like this game out of it so that every time you get a rejection you're like yes and and it celebrates yeah, together, it yeah. Sting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but it doesn't sting as bad, you know, as you like wrapping up your entire self worth in if this guy is gonna want to go out with me, you know, like and just quit forever. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And like, oh, the world is over. So it's pretty. I have to say, like, I will pat myself on the back and say that it's like a pretty genius idea. It's pretty, pretty brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it is. I was yeah. telling a client about it the other day, um, and and she was like, "Wow, that is pretty brilliant." And and it is. And I think I wanted to say something too, real quick about um, we were talking about the stinging part of it. And my, um, I have a case consultant for my certification with the Daring Way, and she's also a therapist. Mm-hmm which is kind of dangerous sometimes, but I love talking <laughs> to her. And she says, she said they used to have a sign in their, um, in their therapy associate's office that said failure is just data. Mm-hmm. And they changed it to say failure is just data, but it still hurts. So yeah. when you said that, it made me think of that. Like um, it, it, it is failure is data and we always can learn something from it. You know, when we have gone through and felt what we have felt, but I think, and this is another reason I think that this is so smart in a program that you've created is because when people fail, you know, quote unquote, from their rejections, when they get rejected, they're not alone. And I right. think that that's key. And I'm not saying that you have to sign up for Tiffany's program, but I think you should. But <laughs> like even so for me, you know, I've been following you, you know, because we're frenzies. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I was thinking about like, well, what am I, what am I kind of playing small in my own life? And for, for one of the things is this podcast and I know a lot of people. So it's really easy for me to get guests on my podcast. But I was like, what if I asked like some really big names out there to come and be on my podcast? Like, what if I asked Brene Brown to come and be on my yeah. podcast? What if I asked <laughs> Michelle Obama? Like, I don't know. She's probably not busy. She could be on the York <laughs> podcast. You know, moms aren't busy at all. She's yeah. She's like not busy <laughs> Over there being the first lady. So yeah. I made, I started making, a, I made a list of all the people that I would love to ask who yeah. I make up would totally say no. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, and for me, it's good because I do, I have a tribe of people where if they say no, I can be like, oh, it sucks. They, they said no. But mm-hmm. so my point of all this talking is <laughs> if you're listening and there's some area where you're playing small and you like the idea of you know keeping track of all your rejections is do it with a buddy at least. Yeah. Get some support and get like, get the right support. So if, okay, let's say that you are, I'm guessing that your audience is mostly women. Um, women are rad. Um, you know, if you are a woman who wants to step into vulnerability, I mean, that's all we're talking about, right? Like that's really what we're talking about. And your husband or your partner doesn't quite get it. 
then don't have that person be your accountability partner. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, like this is kind of precious work. And so as much, like you have to sort of pad yourself. Um, And I, I tell people that all the time in the program, like people come to me, I work with a lot of creative entrepreneurs or people who want to be creative entrepreneurs and they come to me and they say like, you know, my family, it's always a family, um, or the people at your day job, like, oh, it's always them. My family or my coworkers, like, they don't get it. And, and what, how do I convince them? And I say, well, don't, don't. you know, like you're like, yes, you want your family to support you. And the best way to convince them that what you're doing is legit is to make it legit, you know, and to prove them wrong. And in the meantime, find other people who are going to support you and then talk to your family about the weather and TV. Right. And the news. You know, and that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So what do you think the guide, so say someone's listening and they're, they love the idea and they want to get with a buddy and they're going to tweet us about it and use the hashtag not so in the butt so. And, and, and um, I want to say if your tweet is too long, you can abbreviate it to hashtag NITB. <laughs> you need, <Yeah>. Right? <laughs> Yes. Yeah. So what do you think like the guidelines would be for, um, so say, okay, say I'm, you know, um, Lisa listener and <laughs> I am loving this idea and I want to get with my, my best girlfriend who would probably yeah. get it. So to set that up, what do you think the guidelines would be for each other? Yeah. I mean, I think build some structure in. so figure out how often you're going to touch base with each other and then I always, it's like, it's easy to think like, I'm going to start pitching. So this is something I did with, I have a podcast too. And it's something where I did where I just started pitching my podcast like crazy. And then I was like, maybe I don't want to do an interview show, mm-hmm. you know? And so what I say is before you start pitching, figure out your end game. So figure out your like vision, like the vision that you want for your life in five years how do you want to feel when you wake up in the morning? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the logistics, like sometimes people are like, oh, I want to have a red sports car or whatever. Like, don't worry about the logistics, but think about the feeling and then how you can design your life towards that, which I, I get is not about rejection or pitching at all. But have that vision in mind before you start pitching, because it's easy to just start pitching willy nilly. And then you're going to be really busy with work, but you want to make sure that it matches the vision you have for your life. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, yep. then 100%. once you have that like big picture vision, you can bring it back to the immediate and start saying, okay, what are some things that are going to fit in with this? Mm-hmm. What are some things that, you know, I, I never did online dating cause I met my husband like right before that kind of got big, but I, I don't wish obviously that I could go online date now. But at the time, I was like, that would just be so fun to, like, go on, like, a billion dates. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure fun. people who are listening are like, it's not that fun. <laughs> but, and I have friends who are like, it's really not that fun. Um, but, again, I like the bold challenge. Um, you know, so, like, what if you're online dating and you say, I'm going to ask out every guy that I think is interesting. hmm I bet that you are going to meet some really amazing people. So it's, and then it's about like opening your eyes to opportunity. I, I work with people a lot on, in terms of the pitching, like rethinking where you're pitching. So, you know, there are like 
blogs where everybody writes in our world, like Mm -hmm. me and Andrea in the coaching world. And everybody will pitch these blogs. And it's like, oh, I want to be there because Andrea is there. Well, you know, make sure that the places you're pitching is where your audience is hanging out. Like, I, it's not my job to market to other coaches. It's my job to market to, you know, people who want to be creative entrepreneurs. Um, so it's easy. Like, that's another piece is, like, know your audience. Know what you want. Know if you're going to be asking out guys on OkCupid, you know, and your, like, standard pitch is, do you want to go to the symphony? And then you meet a guy who says, I hate being indoors, And all I want to do is like have my feet in the sand and go to the beach. If you pitch him to go to the symphony or pitch him, you know, ask him out, (laughs) he's probably going to say no. So look at his profile and then say, hey, do you want to go have a picnic on a mountaintop? Like he'd probably be like, hell yeah, I do. That sounds rad. So know your audience is another piece. and, And that could be whether it's your boss or your you know, pitching a guest blog or asking someone out on a date or doing, you know, a friend for coffee. Like I am in this place where I like want to meet more mom friends Uh because I have these two little kids and it would be nice to like have some people around me who get it. Uh I'm not going to ask a mom friend to go on a Saturday, do something all day with me because she has kids and can't. I'm going to say like, do you want to come over for 45 minutes? Right. (laughs) And have a play date. Cause like, that's what works. So I think sometimes we're like, my ideas are the best, yeah, and we just like try to go with them. But think about who you're pitching. And I always say, try to make it an easy yes. Um, you know, sometimes too, like a, just a little tiny logistical tip when you're sending emails to people, make them so short, like oh, three yeah. sentences. <clears throat> Please. Um, yes. You know, and it's so like, you can write a quick email and say, if you're interested, send me a quick yes and I'll send more details. Those are my favorite. Because uh-huh. I'm just like, I just reply and I'm like, yes. Uh-huh. I'll or deal with the rest later. I don't need yeah. to plan anything. So recognize that people are busy and sometimes the vulnerability we tend to like over talk. Uh-huh. So, yeah. That's a really good point. I think a lot of times when we're feeling vulnerable, and not not even if we're like pitching or, or wanting a yes or a no from some somebody, a lot of times when we feel vulnerable, we over we over talk. And it reminds me of um, it, in the Coaches Training Institute, what they taught us was to let it land. Remember that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is yeah. so uncomfortable. I know. Right in the quiet. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. I see that with my clients. The pregnant it's pause. Hard. Sometimes I'm like, I'll let it land, and then I'm like, Are you still there? Does that make sense? <laughs> there? <laughs> did, did we lose the call? And they're like, No, I'm just thinking. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Was it good thinking or bad thinking? Yeah. <laughs> I also, though, I'm like a super impulsive person, and I don't know. I suspect you might be the same somehow. Um, so, like, I'm just always like, I'm a, I think quickly, and I just talk. Mm-hmm. So for me, the like I'm thinking, it's not. It's just a foreign to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're like, wait a minute, you're not talking. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm the same. That's funny. <laughs> oh God. Okay. So switching gears a little bit, you. I spent <clears throat> a lot of time on your blog, and I was reading um, some of your blog posts, and I love the one. I think this is one was actually recent. And you guys, any any and all links that we are talking about in here. If you go to yourkickasslife.com forward slash four nine, you can find um, links to Tiffany's program and to the blog post that we're talking about. Um, When you talked about freedom and basically the gist of it was, um, and and I think that this is, 
tell me what you think about this. I think that now that we are living in a world where there are a lot of online entrepreneurs and you're seeing, I mean, anywhere from people selling <clears throat> that are in like MLM businesses to life coaches to people that have Etsy shops and things like that, that I think people make up like that this kind of life is really easy and there's a lot of easy money to make and, yes. you know, be location independent and people want it in like six months and they yes. don't know, you know, that it's taken like a decade to create, you know, what most yes. people have created. Yeah. Um, and you were like, you need a vacation. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's not freedom. So no. anyway, this whole blog post, you talk about like what freedom is and what freedom isn't. And my favorite part is that you talk about what freedom is. And I'm just going to read like a, a few of the things that you said that freedom is. So <clears throat> freedom is finally being able to say to the guy, I'm better off alone than with someone who treats me like that this. Even though you cry yourself to sleep at night and feel lonelier than you've ever been in your life. Freedom is committing to staying in that job, in that fucking job because you know you need to pay off your debt more than you venture out into your own and likely incur more. You know, I'm just now thinking, Tiffany, like were any of these from your real life? Oh, all of them. <laughs> Every single, like, I'm like tearing up a little. I'm like, yeah, that sucked. <laughs> That part sucks. That part I mean, I will say every single thing I write on my blog, people are like, it's like you stand in my life and it's all my life. Because we all have, well, everybody has a story. Everyone has, you know, sometimes very similar stories. And I, I love this because I think that <clears throat> what you're alluding to, and this is what I made up about this, is that a lot of times freedom is um, kind of like making sacrifices now for freedom later, because it's not always so easy. It's not, and it's not always fun and games, uh -huh. you know, but there's a greater freedom to that. And, and part of the reason I wrote that post was because I was just tired of people saying, I want to start my own business because your life looks really fun. <laughs> like, right? Like, I want to start my own business so I can sit on the beach. And I'm like, go to the beach. <laughs> there is something amazing about this thing called paid vacation mm -hmm. where they pay you to leave. Like, I, I, it blows my mind that I just, like, took that for granted. When I yeah. You know, and I love having my own business. I work really, really, really hard. And I make... I've made a lot of sacrifices and it's not easy. You know, like it's, I try to do things now that are easy. I'm in my fifth year. And so I feel like I've gotten into a little bit of a routine, but people, you know, it's like, people are like, I want to start a sewing business because I love to sew. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, then you're going to spend like three hours a week sewing. <laughs> and know, the rest of your time is going to be spent hustling. answering email. So mm -hmm. you're going to be pissed off and you should just become a seamstress. <clears throat> You know, yeah. or let some company pay you like 80 grand a year and then sew on the weekends that, you know, I think some people should start their own business, but not everybody. And there are a lot of people on the Internet who will tell you that everybody should start their own business because they are in the business of helping people start their, start own, business. their own business. Yep. You know, and I just think beware. there should be more truth telling out there and even I'm about to launch a program to help people start their own business but I am very clear on the sales page that like this is not for everybody yeah yeah oh yeah don't get me up on that soapbox about people <laughs> that whole deal but I, I think that I, I think 
what I wanted just to say about that is that freedom can look like a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. And, um, it just, it, it just, it can take a lot of time too. So, and, and I think like I've actually was talking about this in a class that I was teaching one time about freedom and it can really mean like small things too. Like to me, freedom is taking my bra off at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Freedom is, yeah. is like riding my husband's skateboard down the street sometimes like this. You can still get that feeling of freedom. It doesn't have to be um, these grandiose things like owning a multi six figure business and being location independent. I'll tell you what, that person had a lot of not freedomous moments, if that's a word. And And that person spends a lot of time on our laptop and hotel lobbies. Mm -hmm. No, I, I think too, I love that you bring this up because people are like, I want more adventure in my life. So I'm going to quit my job and travel around the world. And I'm like, well, that might be an answer or, you could just wear those sexy shoes that are collecting dust in your closet, mm-hmm. you know, or you could like go eat Ethiopian food when Ethiopian food scares you or whatever. Like it doesn't have to be, I think we think that we need these big dramatic things and that's not for most of us. Like that's exhausting. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Well, that's actually a perfect segue into the other, the other post I was going to ask you to talk more about is that this one that caught my eye was about, your story. Cause a lot of the work that I do is about, um, owning your story because there is so much power in that. There's so mm-hmm. much power in that. And I ran a seven day challenge in February and <clears throat> it was unbelievable how amazing it was. People coming into this women coming into this Facebook group, talking about where they struggle and a little bit of their story and the power in so many women thinking and saying, Oh my God, I'm not the only one. Mm-hmm. And I think that, and this is sort of the point that you make in the post, is that we make up that our story isn't right, that yeah. it's either not good enough or it's not bad enough or mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's any anything. Like we, it's, well, Brene Brown calls it comparative storytelling. Mm-hmm. We compare our story to somebody else. And I'll, I'll put a link to the post. And, um, and I love that you say you don't have to set your hair on fire every night to have an exciting life. Right. Your room doesn't have to be photograph photograph and blog worthy ready. And like Pinterest, Pinterest has killed us, I think. <laughs> There's so much Pinterest shame in this world. <laughs> and like uh, I, I, I you know Yeah, I think we all just need to get off the internet a little bit. Yeah. A lot. I, <clears throat> I took a picture of my kids' birthday part or birthday cake last year. I, I seriously it was like Duncan Hines, mm-hmm. um cake yellow cake with like chocolate frosting on it with sprinkles and candles. And I took a picture of it and I, and I was said something like the Pinterest servers are going to break because this <laughs> domestic awesomeness. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. And I'm sure your kids loved it. They love it. And what I, my point in that was that I think I see a lot of women like trying to keep up with the Joneses and have have Pinterest shame and, and their domestic abilities. And I think back about my own childhood. My mom was not a domestic goddess. She, she, she cooked well enough. And what I remember about my mom is that she used to dance in the kitchen. Like anytime music was on, she would dance in the kitchen. And I remember her laugh and like how nice she was to people and how funny she was. And so it's like, to me, it's like your kids don't give a shit really. I mean, about how perfect the house looks or how, how you had the best homemade Valentine's every year. It just, it doesn't matter. And I think that we make up that our life has to look a certain way. 
Yes, we do. Because again, I mean, I'm working on a blog post about this right now. (sighs) These lifestyle bloggers make a living making aspirational images that are easy to look at. That's okay. I don't want to, I'm not, yeah, I'm not uh, knocking them, but like that, you know, it's, this is why too, it comes back to this idea of like, what's your end game? You know, for me, I dance in the kitchen. I want my kids to dance whenever music's on. I don't want them to stress out about having like the perfect party table set up. I would rather everybody at the party be dancing than having things that are photograph worthy. You know, mm-hmm. I would rather everybody at the party be too busy having fun than to even take pictures. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's my end game, right? Somebody else might care more about the way things look. That's okay, too. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I think that's important to say about the story that I hear a lot is people who think that their life hasn't been hard enough. Mm-hmm. And so therefore, you know, it's like, well, my life has been boring. Why, what would I have to write a memoir about? Um, You know, I haven't had any tragedy. And sometimes people I hear like kind of begrudge their quote unquote easy life. Um, Or it's easy to get into competitions with like, well, I had this happen. Well, this happened to me. You know, and like your story is valid the way it is. Like you don't have to have gone through really like, quote unquote hard things. Like I think that we forget that whatever we deal with in our life and overcome is relatively the hardest because it's what we overcome. Um, and there's value in overcoming anything, you know? Yes. Very true. Yeah. <clears throat> yep. yep so yep. own it guys and start <laughs> telling your story, like start telling your story because the world needs more women who are willing to speak up about the things that have been hard in their lives. Yeah. Because we're all the same. I agree. I think that, um, well, and I think that, you know, Kate Courageous and I were having a conversation about this recently, and Kate's been on my podcast a couple times, and Mm -hmm. she was saying that um, just still, I think, we were just talking about perfectionism, and I think that it is something that runs rampant in the people that I, Mm -hmm. um, the people that I work with, and here's what I saw come up, which was really interesting in the group that I ran on, on Facebook in the seven day challenge is leading up to it. Women were really excited and, mm-hmm. um, you know, telling their friends about it and they're like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to bring my friends and we're going to do this together. And then I saw a few comments in there where they would come in and, you know, the challenge was to come and like, you know, do something or it was like, mm-hmm. tell, tell us what your inner critic specifically, you know, gets up your ass about. Mm-hmm. And a few of them came in there and said, I'm now regretting asking my friends to come in here and <laughs> do this with me because they were embarrassed, you know, to like actually, it's one thing to do it in front of a bunch of strangers, (laughs) yeah, but to do it in front of people that, you know, and the amazing thing that happened is even their friends came in to support them and Mm -hmm. said, like, I'm so glad that you came out with that because we do, we feel less alone when we tell our stories to people that we care about. And a caveat though, like, and this is another thing that Brene Brown teaches us is tell the right story to the right person at the right time. Because like you were saying in the beginning of the podcast, it is whether you're, t- you know, going to share your 100 rejection letters with someone or tell your story, the right person is important in that. And you yeah. might get it wrong. You might, I mean, we've all done that. We've all oh, told God, yeah. the wrong story to the yeah. wrong person at the wrong time. We don't get what we need. And it's weren't, weren't. And then what happens? Yeah. And even just, for example, like I have two one-year-old babies 
And when my friends who don't have kids are like, I'm so tired. I'm like, don't talk to me. I can't. <laughs> I just can't. You know? And like, I don't, I'm sympathetic to them. They have a I valid can't. story, Tiffany. What are you talking about? <laughs> but like, I am, just, so I am not the right person to be sympathetic towards their play. Because right. I'm like, you're tired. Really? Were you up late watching Netflix? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, stop. I can't. Um, so even something like that, you know, and the thing too about all of this vulnerability stuff is that the things that my inner critic says is what your inner critic says. and what's, They're all the same. It is all the same shit. It's all the same shit. It's all like, who do you think you are? Mm-hmm. You don't know enough. <clears throat> blah, blah, fail. blah. That's so in the that's so <laughs> stupid. So I think that there is, you know, I read a, a quote recently. I think I saw it on Pinterest. It was like, true friendship is having someone who looks at you and says, oh, my God, me too. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's so true. And like, that's what can happen when you start having these conversations with the right people. Yeah. You know? Well, and too, I, I want to add this. Like, there's this there's a little list of the people that, um, and I don't want to say that you want to avoid, but I want to say like to be aware of, because we have probably all been this person, you know, a a variation, the person who tries to one up you, like you were just saying like, Oh, that's nothing. Listen to what happened to me last night. The person who wants to blame, um, Mm -hmm. either you or someone else. So they're just Mm -hmm. not hearing you. You know, they're saying like, Oh, what were you thinking? you know, or right. we'll go, yeah. let's go kick that girl's ass, you know, for rejecting you or whatever. Um, <clears throat> somebody else who might gasp and just, you know, be horrified for <laughs> yeah. and just sort of like make you feel worse. I mean, these are just some examples of, oh, of wow. reactions that you might get and it's disappointing and it's okay mm-hmm. for you to, I mean, don't, explode and be a jerk but just like even to preface conversations sometimes and say I mean I've had to do that with people and just say I'm about to tell you the story and here's exactly what I need I do it with my husband all the time oh, oh I do it with my husband all the time oh my god because he's such a fixer and he's thankful and, yeah yeah and I'll be like I had I had some stuff recently where I was like this thing happened and this is how I handled it but I don't know and he was like you handled it like that and I was like, not helpful. <laughs> but, <laughs> helpful. Because not to say that there's like, he's a man and he's totally, he does not wrap his emotions up into stuff. Like he's always like, why don't you just say this to this person? I'm like, because that would totally hurt this person's feelings. You know? And he's like, women, you guys are like, so you just tiptoe around things. And I'm like, you're, you're not my audience. That's what I tell right. all the time. Like, you're not my audience. <laughs> Oh my God. That's awesome. Yeah. So avoid the fixer. And I think too, like you said, like not necessarily avoid. I think it's okay to avoid having these conversations with people here. Like you guys know, trust your gut because most of the time people don't surprise you. Mm -hmm. Right. Like most of the time, you know how someone is going to respond and you know the people that you feel comfortable opening up to. So when you're just starting out too, especially if this is just beginning for you and you feel tender, avoid those people right? who always question you. Just because who, they're your siblings or your parents, like doesn't yes. mean they have to be the person. It doesn't. And it also doesn't just because they are in your life 
for some reason, it doesn't mean that they are an authority on what is right for you. Mm -hmm. You know, I tell my clients this all the time, like the people in your life, it's in their best interest for you to stay the same. Yeah. (laughs) Because that's safer for them. It's safer for them and it doesn't disrupt things. So Mm -hmm. if you go to your husband and you say, I've decided I'm going to quit my job and join the circus. He's like, girl, you are not so in the butt so. He's not going to be like, that's awesome. What else do you need from me? Exactly. How can I support (laughs) you in this endeavor? You know, he's going to be like, but how are we going to pay our power bill? Which is his, oh, that's fair, right? Like that's fair too because sometimes you got to pay the bills. So so if you really want to join the circus, um, don't tell him yet. Yeah. Tell right? your own friends. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. On that note, <clears throat> uh, I, yeah, I, I would love for you to tell people um, this, when you will, you know, what's going on? Because I want to know when you're going to relaunch 100 Rejection yeah. Letters so I can tell everybody <laughs> about it again. The fall, uh, correct? Thank you for asking that. So, yes, I am planning on – it's a year-long program. So I am going to be opening registration up mid-September or sometime in September. I haven't decided. It'll probably start um, around the middle of October. Mm-hmm. And um, if you go to tiffanyhan.com slash 100 rejection letters, the then you can get onto the email list to be the first – <clears throat> And I do like bonuses for early signups. Um, it's pretty like it's pretty fantastic. It's pretty rad group of people too. Well, it's I don't have anybody on my podcast that isn't rad and fantastic. So good, thank you. It's so fun to be here. I love it. I know. So and you and Tiffany also has a podcast. So is it called the Tiffany Hahn Podcast? No, it's called Raise Your Hand, Say Yes. Raise Your Hand, Say Yes on iTunes, so and you can find it on iTunes. You can also search just Tiffany Han, Han like solo, H A N. Or you can find it at tiffanyhan.com slash podcast. Um, awesome, awesome stuff. Okay, everybody. Yeah, and just if you want any of these links, yourkickasslife.com forward slash four nine. You can read more about Tiffany and get all the links to 100 rejection letters and her podcast and everything that we talked about here. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't already, I would love for you to go to iTunes or Stitcher and leave a rating and review. I think Stitcher has it. I don't know. I should probably figure that out before I start talking (laughs) about it. I know it's on iTunes. It does on iTunes. It's super helpful. (laughs) And I will see you again. Next week is my birthday, y'all. It's April 15th, by the way. I'm going to be 40. So that's brilliant. Yay. All right, everybody. See you out in cyberspace. And until then, have a great week. Bye-bye. That's on the butt show. Thanks, everyone.